This is Big Dreams, Small Pockets, a business and lifestyle podcast where we take you on our journey of making our dreams a reality. Ashel is a full-time entrepreneur with a specialization in digital marketing, and Veli works a nine-to-five job while managing her businesses on the side. If you want tips, tricks, and a good laugh, keep listening. Whether you're new or you've been listening from day one, we thank you for tuning in and ask you to share our podcast with your friends and business partners. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Hey guys, it's Feli. And it's Ashel here. And welcome back to another episode of Big Dreams, Small Pockets. Yay, another episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Today we have a guest. We are adulting. That is what we're doing in this episode. And if you are like us, that means you're struggling a little bit. Yep. Um, So we brought in someone here who can really help with with that. Yeah. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, guys. I'm Tevin. What do you do, Tevin? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a financial advisor. In finance now for in October will be eight years. Wow! Shout out to you. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, Damn. it's been a minute since college. Wow! And big disclaimer, guys: anything that we say in this episode cannot be used as financial advice. Y'all must do y'all own research, and we've been telling y'all that forever. So if y'all fuck around and decide not to do that, that's y'all. Right. Don't come back here talking about I did this because no, no. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> So let's just jump straight into it. Um, let's just talk about financial literacy in our community, people of color. What has that been like for you um, with your clientele? Do you feel like you see a lot of people of color? Or is it not so much? You know, let's, yeah. Um, you know, I try to target and reach out to, you know, people in our community, people of color. Um, but unfortunately, a majority of my clients are, you know, of the wider tone mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay um but i have you know more recently have gotten into african-american community um you know those individuals that are just trying to start somewhere mostly younger my younger clients are all black i would say yeah oh, yay yeah. So we like that well. i think it's it's because of our generation and social media picking up we see that we need it more and more because when i was younger nobody talked about well none of my parents had a financial advisor that's not something that we talked about, discussed. It was just something that, you know, oh, you have money, save it. Like, we didn't know what to do with it. And now that our generation is finding out there's so many ways to be financially free, it's like, yo, we need somebody's help. Yeah, I think that's the stigma in our community growing up. Like, our parents don't trust anybody. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, they trusted that one person and they screwed them over. So and it that was, was it. And that was yeah. it. So and yeah. that's what they taught their kids. Like, you know, just save your money in the savings bank and call it a day or on the mattress and, and call it a day everything's on the mattress your passport your social security number your social, everything is on the mattress like plot twist they're gonna check there first <laughs> <laughs> or the house burns down yeah right. but i mean in terms of literacy um do you see a big difference between you know your clients that are white or your clients are black do, like do you see a big difference in terms of what they know and kind of where you have to start with them yeah, definitely. Um, my clients that are white grow up knowing, you know, hey, I have this, you know, I have this money put away for you. You'll get it when you're 18 or mm-hmm. 20. You know, they they know what an investment account is. They know exactly. Um, they know that their credit score is going to be 800 because mommy or daddy put them on the card when they were 16. Right. Um, Insane. Yeah, the they know the process of buying a house. Like, oh, they know that. Whereas <clears throat> in our community. Sometimes I got to start with simple 
budgeting, like <laughs> yeah. how to create a budget and, you know, know what's coming in versus what what's going like, out and what yeah. that looks like. I got to sit down and break down what an investment account is. Like, that's that's the, the difference, I would say. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm not surprised, but it's just, I'm happy they're coming to you, but it's just so sad to think like, dang, like, you know, you really have to start from square one. Yeah. The things that, you know, other people have been taught since they were kids and just raised it is like not considered financial literacy to them. It's just basic it's just common knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. Stuff For us, knowing. it's like, whoa, I didn't even know this is something I should be doing, which kind of makes adulting a little bit harder. Especially for us. And I feel like like going back to like the investment, making an account and stuff like that, that's not something that we we're taught. You know, some people in the other communities they're like on their second or third home as a family. Yeah. Or some people literally don't even know how to purchase a home. Right. What that looks like, how that feels, because they've never had a home. They've never grew up in a home. And that's not to say that our community doesn't have any real estate, but that's not something that we really looked for yeah. mm-hmm. in the past because it was so hard to get back in the day. Yeah, like, Still so hard to get. Yeah. Even me, myself, I was, like, as I told you, I, was, I just moved, but I wanted to buy a house. But then when I got into the whole house buying process, I was like, wow, I didn't realize it takes this much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to hold off on that. Not only does it take um, a lot, but I feel like it's um, just more difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they won't admit it. They won't say it. It'll be like, oh, this is the part of the process. This is just what we have to do. This is, you know, it's protocol. Mm -hmm. It's really what it gets covered as. But I've seen some people with different colors have an easier time getting home. You know? Um, So that kind of leads us into our next question. Um, a lot of us are at the age where we're kind of realizing we need to start making some big boy decisions in our lives, start, you know, really getting our finances together. So what are a few ways as an adult, um, an adult can start their financial planning for like the bigger life um, changes such as moving, children, shoot, wedding, um, or just wanting to get yourself financially independent, not yeah. that necessary goal. Uh, first step is definitely just creating a budget. Um, like I said, knowing what's coming in versus mm-hmm. what's going out on a monthly basis. Income over um, expenses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whatever's left is your discretionary money. Okay. That's where, you know, you split that discretionary money up into investments, um, things saving for a particular purpose, wedding, mm-hmm. um, car, house, whatever it may be. Uh, and then just going from there with whatever's left. It's using what your discretionary money to make you more money, basically. Okay, Putting so first money step to is budget. Mm-hmm. All righty. So after you got a, a decent budget, after you're kind of um, in a good space of knowing where your money comes in, where it's going, and they've, like, let's say, mastered that step, what would be the next step that you would recommend? Next step, depending upon where you are in life, um, is protection planning. Okay. Mm. Uh, so that's disability with work. Uh, making sure that if you got injured on the job that you have enough money coming in to support your lifestyle a lot of people don't think they skip protection planning and go straight to investing yeah i didn't even realize that's something i should be looking into yeah Yeah, i've heard that too like um a lot of people i was talking to um a prime america person i don't know if those are technically financial advisors but she was talking about (laughs) the air quotes she was talking about like emergency fund and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like while you're building your savings that has to be a huge portion of it because that's a really a real thing like anything can happen tomorrow you can get into an accident you need mm. the emergency fund 
to make sure that you're Gucci. Yeah, like I used to tell my clients six months was comfortable, mm. and then COVID happened, so now yeah. I say a year. Yeah, <laughs> right. And there's a perfect example. Like, see what? Remember COVID? <laughs> this is something that you can just prepare yourself. Okay, you had touched on um, planning to buy a car. So someone, oh, we can use me for example. I need to buy a new car, but my pockets are a little small. Mm-hmm. So how can you, you know, guide me along that path of being able to afford something nice, decent? You know, let's not let's not get into the big baller range just yet, but something that's good um, with small pockets. So again, it goes back to the discretionary fund. Ooh. Know what you have discretionary, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Um, don't use all of it on a car. Don't buy a Benz is what he's saying, guys. Right. If you can't <laughs> if afford you it, can't don't. afford a big body, don't do it. <laughs> and then look out for your APRs. Look out for all these things. But Man, let's, let's, let's... Yo, so there's this commercial. Me and my friends just had this conversation. There's this commercial that goes across the radio where they're like, good credit, bad credit, doesn't matter. We'll prove mm. you. Oh, shoot. You got a 430, we'll take you. Yeah. You go in with a 430, you get a, you know, a nice little Benz, you're paying... 900 a month with a 30% APR. Right. <laughs> like, right. They approved you. Oh my God. As they said they would. But by the time you're done paying that car off, you paid three times the value. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it makes makes no sense but um if you if you have tight pockets, I would say definitely like, you know, stay within your budget. Like, there's nothing wrong with a Toyota. There's nothing wrong Get with Get a Mukti. Like, you know, get a, get a ca- buy cash, buy in cash. We've, listen, for the listeners out there, we've passed the hoopty stage, okay? <laughs> I am not putting myself in another hoopty. I feel like okay. I've, you know, there's a level of struggle you earn. Yeah. Okay. I, and I'm slightly above hoopty. Now, okay. am I at a big body Audi just because that's where I want to be? No, that's not. Let's take it back a bit. Yeah. You know, but some of us, you know, want to look decent. Go get you a nice Nissan, you know? <laughs> now you bring them back to college. Infinities. Ain't nothing I wrong feel like with that. There's, there's mid level luxury. Yeah. Yeah. that you can see yourself That's what in. Do. But I'll, you got you to gotta remember that that also comes with a bill. So mm-hmm. it's, you're not necessarily getting those mid-level level cars all cash, you know, because who has that cash on hand? If you don't have that year savings and then that emergency fund and the protection plan, all that stuff, you're not going to have all that. So essentially, you need to also focus on your credit score, just bringing it to a decent um, rate where your APR essentially is yeah, lower. Because that's what they're mainly looking at is, you know, how reliable are you to make these monthly payments? Right. Like, am I going to have to send a repo guy after you? Oh, Just my. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, why put yourself in, in that expense? Plane, no. For my second car, I had to get a co-signer because if my my whole entire like credit was messed up from college i was just like damn this is crazy and i literally got the second car like i needed the second car because the first one was total so if i didn't have that co-signer i could imagine what they would have charged me for a honda crv like it was terrible yeah thank god to people that that hold you down so if you have small pockets work on your credit if you have big pockets and you can just pay for it cash then go ahead do you do you know hit me up on the side i still wouldn't do that (laughs) because the value depreciates yeah no. You know, you know, when people say that, it doesn't bother me. I'm not I'm not planning to sell this. The resale. If okay. I was to pay for this on my own, so my dream car is uh, 120K. A G-Wag? No. No. Oh. It's um, an Audi RS7. Ooh. Yeah. And okay. now I want the e-tron. <laughs> yeah. So oh. it's, it's giving it's it's That's giving a mortgage. A I That's a mortgage. But I want to pay for it cash. Okay. Guys, it's a goal of mine. I want to walk into a dealership one day. And I just want to be like, yeah, I want that. Or actually, I want to customize it. Yeah. It'll be dropped over to your house in a couple months, Ms. Gardner. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then give them the cash. 
But and you me, know it's cheaper I'm not that way. To sell it. I'm not planning. I'm not worried about the value depreciating. Okay. The value is already held in my heart. Yeah. Okay. That's for me. But if you do plan on, you know, leveling Reselling. up and getting, you know, another car within the um, next few years, definitely look at the value so you don't want to pay it all off. Yeah. And if you have tight pockets, the, your best friend is leasing. That's oh, your okay. that's your that's best true. friend. You know, you, you'll get a cheap monthly payment. Just don't go over the mileage. And even if you do the mileage extra, like five cents a mile, something like it's nothing crazy. That right. things add up. Them. You Wait a minute, them, them yeah. things add up. They do add up, but <laughs> especially if we doing the, the side jobs, like my brother does, like the Ubers, the ships, the, the those kind of things. Them things really do. Or add if you up. work out, um, if you live out in Long Island, so your miles a low mileage, knowing damn well going to the corner stores are like twelve miles. Twelve miles. Yeah, because yeah. it really is twelve miles. So that's another thing. Okay, so let's move on to the next question. Um. Planning to move out, what to expect expense-wise? So what does moving out look like? A lot of us, you know, who are home, you know, we get frustrated. We just want to move into our own space. We want to control what that looks like. Absolutely. But there's not a lot of um, knowledge and education on the full moving out. It's just kind of like, oh, well, can you afford an apartment? But just as a lot of things, it's not just getting into it. It's maintaining your stay there. So in terms of expenses, what would you recommend to a client who is planning to move out? So I moved out, my first time leaving home was five years ago. Mm. Um, and my best friend forced me into it, kind of. Like, <laughs> like ripped the Band-Aid off, kind of oh, thing. Oh, man. Um, like, literally, she put in the application, all my information, and... I like it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like it. She knew it for you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. She knew it was time. Um, and next day, we bought a, rented a U-Haul, and we were out. Nice. Wow. Um, like, my mom didn't believe that I was leaving until the U-Haul was downstairs. <laughs> Um, but what I would say is definitely one credit score, yeah. Uh, because they they run your that's the most important thing. Um, two is having money in your bank account because they're gonna ask you for a bank statement. Well, mm. at least New York, New York does. That's why they say don't make any major purchases. Yeah, you're about to it doesn't matter about major mm. purchase. That's more so for buying a house. Oh. Um, okay. but for renting, they just want to see you have a bank account and see With what your what your cash flow is like on a month to month basis. Okay. So they ask you for like two to three. They um, in your business statements. Is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, because if I'm renting you a property that I own, I want to make sure you got money coming in every month. Right. That makes sense. I hear it. All right. So um, it. having a cash flow. Um, if you're doing the whole roommate situation, that's an expense because you got to make sure you're, you know, that's a, that's a more of a mental expense, Yeah, (laughs) I would say. Um, but in New York, it's first, last, and typically security. Um, so essentially three months, three months, then you also have a broker fee sometimes. Oh, we pay that? Some, yeah, now. I mean, they stopped it during COVID, yeah. but it's back. Okay. <laughs> um, so the broker fee could be first month's rent, like could be a, a whole I month of rent. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes it could be 20%, but some people charge a whole month of and rent. And that's why y'all got to find your own places because, excuse me? Or look for properties with no broker fee. Yeah. Um, or go direct through the owner and not through some of these websites. Yeah. Uh, then after that, right? So now you got, you got approved. You got the property. Time to move. U-Haul movers, because moving is annoying. Yeah, the movers. Oh my gosh. If you don't have nobody to help you, hire movers. Um, or good friends. <laughs> <laughs> after that, it's actually furnishing the place, right? You know, you don't you don't want to move in and only have a bed. And that's expensive. So honestly, I'll be ready for it. I like, just one I, one bad argument, and I'll be like, I'm taking my teddy bear and I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> that's all I have to my name. <laughs> Furniture is expensive. 
expensive. Yeah. I just spent thirteen hundred on a couch yesterday. I believe Ooh, it. I believe like, it. Wow. Because yeah. <laughs> like if, if you're looking for a living room rug, that's running you the minimum of a hundred, and that's a small rug. Bro, that's, wow. that's for you to just wipe your feet on. Yeah. What's crazy is that these these shows, these house building shows, they make it sound like you have twenty k. Boom. That's it. That's all mm-hmm. you need for for furniture. Then after you you know. You got your couch. You got to get TVs. <laughs> Oof. You got to get utensils for the kitchen. Oof. All right. Um, I didn't realize how much stuff I didn't have yep. until I started cooking yesterday. And I was like, wow. I don't even have a spatula. <laughs> 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 it's, it's a lot. It adds up quick. Man. It does. Dang. It adds up very quick. You can go from paying first, last, and security to spending another first, last, and security just furnishing the place. Right, yeah. And then if you bougie or if you know you want a certain aesthetic, Custom. you got to pay for your aesthetic, honey. Mm-hmm. Some people prefer to um, hire somebody to create the decor, the look that they want. So mm-hmm. you got to, you know, factor that in. Yeah, and that's like 2K a room, guys. Like, that's not that's yeah. not cheap. And beds beds aren't cheap unless you're buying a cheap bed. Uh, yeah. like, you will feel it. My bed was about two thousand dollars when yeah. I moved out, and that's that's standard for a good bed. That no, would. but yeah. I feel like the the good thing about that is that's an investment because the, most mattresses come with like warranty, lifetime stuff. Like you you hold. Oh, I'm just talking about the frame, not even the mattress. Oh, excuse my, me. My yeah. frame was. Fuck out of me. Wow. My and frame then, was like two thousand dollars. I don't know if it was. I'm delusional. But when I, I feel like I didn't have to do this when I bought my bed. You gotta buy your bed and your box spring separately. And the box spring is a couple hundred dollars, like three to four hundred dollars, wow. depending on what kind of box spring you want. You can go on, um, you know, large companies and get it for cheaper. But you sometimes want to get the box spring that goes with the bed. And so now the box spring is costing you not three hundred dollars. It yep. is crazy. Everything is separate. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. But that, that's why I spent the. The, the, the two thousand because I didn't like so you my bed doesn't it. need a box. Mm. Yeah, there we go. It just like, I mean for two thousand dollars, I would not, hope. Right? right, I would hope. <laughs> I feel like you should have no problem sleeping. Just no, <laughs> none. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Right on top. Yeah. No. Oh my god. No. No. That's and you know, but you know, a life hack. You know, if you do have friends, maybe you can set up a registry. Yeah. That's what yeah. my sister did. Instead of you know buying birthday gifts, she just you know was just like, hey, but then here's what a registry. You, Definitely bought her a trash can. Okay, but I see. I understand those on the registry, but like, what do you ask for? That's like the little stuff. You yeah, ask, you put whatever you want on that registry, and people can buy you what they want or see, don't buy you anything. I'm not gonna put a brand new uh, water pool, whirlpool, like fridge on there with the touch screen. Why, why are you why renting you, an apartment right? with no fridge? <laughs> right, like that's the first thing. What? Second thing, that's true. What kind of friends you got that would look at that whirlpool and be like, let's go in on that? <laughs> I'll give you $50 towards it. You know, yeah. Now you got half with a tax. The, with the touch screen that tell you the weather. That's, lot, the, that's the thing I want. But a lot of registries, a lot of them, they never had this feature before, but a lot of them now let like you pool money for like one thing. Okay. Right? right? So I don't have you to buy you still not get that. your whirlpool. But right, yeah, right, right. Like, but I can put towards your yeah. fridge or okay. towards your couch. Like, you know, I'm not paying for the couch. Right. But you I'll give just, you $50. Right. So for the registry, you can do things such as linen. You can do a lot of a lot, um, kitchen appliances are a big mm-hmm. thing that people use for registries. You know, maybe like throw pillows, just mm. all the things Decorative that... But stuff. those things add up so they do. much yeah, that they the do. registry helps cut down a lot of those expenses. That's um, very true. Okay, so for the people that are applying to buy a home, but, you know, kind of didn't really get started or are not too sure, yeah. what do they need, what do banks look for when you need a loan? We know that we need, we could take an FHA, um, FHA loan. We yeah. know that aspect, mm-hmm. but how do I prepare for getting that loan approved? Mm-hmm. And getting the lowest APR. Honestly, right. before you even get, well, before you even get there, it's really 
one, your job plays a heavy factor. Really? Yeah. Um, I just kind of found this out. Um, banks much rather they would much rather give a loan to somebody that makes 50 60k a year mm. versus a entrepreneur whose income is unsteady yeah 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 for a fact i can see that you can I make as an entrepreneur you can make 200k but that bank is still going to look at you funny like uh you know how guaranteed is this income yeah because like, a home is like a 10 to 20 year thing 30 30 30 year, a 30 year minimum it's That's either 15 or 30 yeah 15 you're paying double and 30 it's is, is 30, stretched yeah, yeah. out. Um, so it's your job. Figure out if you're 1099, find a way to, you got to get an LLC yeah. and employ yourself as a W-2 because yeah. they're mm. looking for that W-2. Um, after that credit score, of course, um, they want to see your bank accounts, see that you have a steady influx of money, um, see that you have at least uh, two to three times whatever the mortgage is okay. in your bank account, right? So if your yearly mortgage adds up to, let's say... 30K? Yeah, let's say 30K, right? They want to see that you have like 60 mm. in your bank account, right? Just in case there's a year you don't work, they want to know that they're still getting their mortgage. 60K in my bank account? Yeah. Mm. You don't have to, but they it's favorable. Right, mm -hmm. right. Right, you don't have to. So, Damn, um, guys, y'all hear that? And then after that, it's... It's finding the right realtor, to be honest with you, mm. um, because there are some realtors that will, unfortunately, still redline you and put you in a neighborhood where you know they know that you'll fit in versus mm. a neighborhood that you like. Wow! Right? Like you know, because there's those neighborhoods where the people that come outside, they like they they'll look at you funny and be like, "Why are you here?" That's okay. You know. Like it's okay. I'm here because I can afford it. Yeah, right. Like, I'm, you know. I'm here while you're here. Like, so you got to get the right realtor. Um, that's not just gonna redline you and put you in these bad neighborhoods. Um, and get in a neighborhood that's gonna be suitable for you. Right. And what you're looking for. See, I always thought that I was gonna find my own place, and the realtor was just gonna like facilitate the deal. I didn't know that they actually find neighborhoods for that, you. and some um, places won't open a contract with you if you don't you have, have a, realtor. a realtor. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Because a realtor essentially is like that middleman that they need to know that how this is a sealed, solid deal. Yeah. Okay. Because they coordinate everything between the the two buyers and um, the attorneys. Okay. Right. So when it comes to closing and all that stuff, they're setting all that stuff up. Uh, and then the realtor also helps with the appraisal. You know, yeah. having people come do the inspections mm -hmm. and all that. So a home buying process is a very long process. Before you even start looking at homes, before you even start getting to that point, it's it sounds like you need to be prepping for at least a year or you know two in advance. Minimum year. Um, and I skipped the whole pre-approval process. Yeah. So you have to go find a lender mm. and get a pre-approval before you even start shopping for homes. Yeah. If right. you don't have a pre-approval, nobody's looking at you. Yep. You could have the cash, whatever. They don't care. I need you to have a pre-approval from a lender that says we're ready to give this person a five hundred thousand dollar loan mm. if you're ready to sell. Because mm. if you don't have that, they don't. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. Remember, guys, we live in the country where credit talks. So all of this is like forms of credit. Like, you know, I can back this person. 
So you need that pre-approval to get the backing. Yep. So somebody else can be like, okay, we can take you seriously. We can start this conversation. Right. Um, um, America is really a land of backing. If you don't, if you can't afford it in full-blown cash, like if you don't have all of it, then you need somebody else to back you up and say, we we vouch for this person. Yep. So it's a lot. Um, so can you tell us what the benefits of having a financial advisor is? Uh, so it's like... What do I compare it to? Because hmm. some people would think, well, you know, I can manage my money on my own. Yeah. I'm good with budgeting. Yeah, um, I got this. I know how right. to invest. I, I, right. I have apps on my phone. And so where... <laughs> it's funny because you're laughing like... Because <laughs> I feel like you hear it or you, you know, you've, you've encountered the people who think, oh, well, you know, because they can do that, they don't need an advisor. But why would, you know, you recommend someone to have a financial advisor? Right. So I compare it to this. Would you go to the doctor and tell him how to fix your arm? Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Nope. Okay. Nope. Right. So it's the it's the same. This I look at it the same way. It's like I know what's good for me health wise, mm-hmm. but I still go to the doctor for a checkup. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. same thing with your finance. You you may know what's good for you. You may be doing everything right. Right. But you still should go to somebody for a checkup. Because right. this is their profession. What they know. They. And you really don't know what you don't know. This is what they do on a daily. Like, you know, I used to, when I first started working, I used to cold call, which is basically. Yeah. I actually, that's actually how I got into the idea of it. Like, somebody cold called me and was mm-hmm. a financial advisor. And when she, the, way she, the, the stuff she was talking about, I was like, this is not where my pockets are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not where I am. And the <laughs> biggest objection you get when you cold call is, I'm good, I'm all set. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So what I learned to ask is, okay, great. Tell me about how you're all set. Mm. Like, now you, you got me stuttering. Yeah, like, right. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, think, damn. Like, well, I'm my doing... My savings is okay. Like, <laughs> like, I'm doing... And I used to co-call lawyers, right? Oh, so good. Yeah. when a lawyer would tell me, like, oh, well, I'm contributing to a Roth IRA, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how if you make X, Y, and Z? You know, it's against the IRS rules when you make over a certain amount of mm. income to contribute to a tax-free vehicle. So how? Damn. Sprinkling all that they knowledge. That. Right. Sprinkling right. all that stuff. Now they're questioning themselves. Yeah. They're questioning, like, damn, wait, hold Like, maybe up. I should sit down with them. Like, <laughs> and you know? then, you know what? And it's, you know, it's interesting because financial advisors, no matter how much money you make, I think the more you make, the more these people are reaching out to financial advisors because, mm-hmm. guys, it's one thing to have a good savings account. It's one thing to know how to budget. And if you feel like you don't need a financial advisor, that's cool. But imagine you can be doing your money can be you know doing more for you yeah and you can be setting yourself up in a different realm where you really don't have to worry about the things you're worrying about and mm-hmm. just having somebody say hey i noticed that you know you're putting this much into taxes but it looks like you can be you know doing something else with yeah. this money so this is um these are some of the things that you need a financial advisor for yeah but like i mean to to answer the question basically yeah just have somebody there guiding you um what i like to tell my clients is if you think of yourself as a business mm-hmm. yeah you're the cfo right i'm mm-hmm. just your money manager for for the corporation i'm checking the books Boom. um balancing making yeah. sure everything is running properly i need that you do whatever it is that you do on a day-to-day basis and i'm in the background 
making sure that everything is running smoothly. And you know why I like that? Because sometimes I don't want to do it all myself. Like, and I, I like somebody else. Yeah, I want somebody else to tell me everything's running good with my money. Mm-hmm. You know, your accounts are looking good. We don't see any red flags. You you look prep, you know, prepared for tax season. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to tell, I want somebody to tell me good job. Because <laughs> I can do it doesn't mean I want, want to, to do, do it. it. I would rather pay somebody to do the things that I don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. And the, the crazy part is, like, literally, like, when Biggie said, more money, more problems, it's yeah. literally the more money you make, mm. <laughs> the yeah. more issues you can run into. And having an advisor, what, so if you're going to get an advisor, get an advisor that does holistic planning. Don't get somebody that just focuses on one thing. Um, but when you have an advisor that does holistic planning, they know what red flags to look out for. Mm. Like, hey, you make this much money? Okay, we can't do this anymore. Mm. Hey, you want your investments to earn this much? Let's try to do it in a tax-efficient way. And it seems like it helps you keep more money, especially for the people who didn't have money. Yeah. To now growing and having money, mm-hmm. there's like a big, you know, it's a big jump of what do I do with all this money? But you know, that goes into further questions. Yeah, I actually had a question. Yeah. So we mentioned the Roth IRA briefly and stuff like that. Would you? Well, how would you recommend an entrepreneur start that stuff up? Because I try to do stuff with apps, but again, I need a financial advisor <laughs> to actually give me the real tools and tips and stuff I need. Um. So Roth IRAs, I mean, you can do it on your on your own. Fidelity is the platform I always recommend. Yeah, I've seen that. It's very popular. Yeah, because um, Fidelity is very low in fees. So if you're, if you're that person that's going to do it on your own, go to Fidelity or Vanguard. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very low in fees. They have good investments um, that traditionally perform well. Again, it's not financial advice. but Right. <laughs> um, those are two of the top companies I always recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, Just to start the retirement and the pension stuff up. Yeah. Like you know, th- those are very those are very safe safe places to to start those accounts if you're gonna do it on your own. Okay. Um, but if not, yeah, talk to a financial advisor and they'll set the account up for you. Period. Yeah. That's what and I need. so, how does one get an advisor with small pockets? Cause you know, y'all y'all <laughs> y'all have a pretty penny of what y'all cost, and I yeah. get it. I appreciate because you're really doing some good work. Mm-hmm. But let's say somebody who really does not have all of that. Yeah. You know, how do they get an advisor? So this is why I said get a, a holistic advisor, um, right? Because there's really two types of advisors. There's transactional, mm-hmm. and then there's ones that charge a fee. Mm. Right. So if you get a holistic. They do both, mm, right? So, so if okay. you have small pockets, I don't have to charge you a fee knowing that you only need X, Y, and Z service. Okay. Right. So like the way I work with my clients, if I know you only need X, Y, and Z, I'll set that up for you, and then we'll meet again next year to review if you have any questions or if anything's changed or okay. if you need anything else. All right. So you hear that, guys? My for fee clients. Mm. I'm meeting with them on a quarterly basis. Big ballers. Based off of like, you know, achieving different goals. Each quarterly meeting is a different topic. So it may be investments, the first meeting. Second meeting, maybe taxes. Third meeting, maybe life insurance, disability. Mm. Fourth meeting is just reviewing the whole plan. I just want to have a meeting with my financial advisor. No, (laughs) then quarterly meeting. Yeah, no, it's, don't forget we have... We're meeting with a financial advisor in two weeks, remember? No, that's how I want to be. I want a whole team. I want a whole set. I want the financial advisor and the accountant and then, like, next to each other. I want them all. We all talking together. That's why I said, like, get somebody that's holistic because nine times out of ten, if they're holistic, I don't do taxes. Mm -hmm. I have an accountant that I send everybody to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, shout I don't out to him. set up wills. I have an attorney that I send everybody exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. So it's you need a team behind you. Any advisor that's working by themselves is doing themselves harm. 
you need a whole team behind you. I even have a team of advisors that I work with. Yeah. Because me and myself, I can't, the amount of clients that I have, I can't do everything by myself. Yeah. So that's one important thing to check. If your advisor does not have good networks, you know, is mm-hmm. not connecting you to certain people, that might be something you, you know, kind of, I don't want to say a red flag, but that's giving pink flag. Like, you know, <laughs> why? You know, what's Almost going on? red. <laughs> right. You know, like, why are you working, you know, mm-hmm. by yourself? And I don't want to hear you can't trust people these days because you, you're my advisor. If yeah. you don't think we could trust anybody, then all right. Yeah. No, that's really important that you mentioned the team because I think every person that's like starting off with their adulting and really getting into it, you need a lawyer. You need all of these things because right. you can't do stuff by yourself. Especially if you're ta- you want to step into the 1099 brackets. Yeah. You like, know, those are the brackets where it's so easy to get lost it's so easy to make a mistake it's Mm -hmm. so easy to just take one wrong step and Mm -hmm. the government doesn't want to hear i didn't know they don't care care. ignorance is not they do not care and like me as a professional if i can't vet the people for you why am i even like right you know right (laughs) they all should be working together i want i literally the team the accountant financial advisor and the lawyer to be chopping it up y'all should be going to get breakfast on my behalf like my clients call me for anything i had a client call me and say hey by any chance do you know anybody that does construction Sent them to my man's that does construction. Carrie. Like, right. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Did her whole kitchen and she loved it. Oh. She sends him to his, she referred her whole building to him. Wow. Like, Look yeah. at that. Yeah. I hope he gave you 10%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not even, it's more about the, the relationship building. Yeah. Like, my mm. client thanks me for that every day. Like, oh. she sent me pictures of the kitchen when it was done. Like, look, that's at my beautiful. kitchen. <laughs> I go over there every time. She's like, you want something from the kitchen? Literally. <laughs> Wait, so do you have like mortgage brokers and all those other stuff too? Like you have that? One of my friends just passed his uh, real estate license in okay. Jersey. So I got a realtor in Jersey. Um, I have a realtor in New York. Nice. Uh, Yes, I yeah, I got a little bit of every. And that makes me feel more comfortable. The fact that you can connect with so many different people, you know, that would that would be something I'm looking for in a financial advisor. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're a people person. I can see that one. Yeah, people trust your word, and other you trust other word uh, other people's words. Mm -hmm. I like that. That makes me feel like okay, I'm speaking to a real human being. Yeah, I'm speaking to someone who can really like understand me. You know, so I like stuff like that. That's what I don't like about making budgets. Sometimes I feel like I give myself unrealistic goals. <laughs> like you cannot buy shoes for the rest of the year. That don't make sense. That yeah. don't make sense, you know. And anybody that would advise me to do that is just like you don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> at all, at all. You don't know what I like. Yeah. So what's one of the biggest financial mistakes you tend to see people make? Cool. They come into your office. They're you know giving putting out all the information on the table. And it's just this one mistake that's frequent. You're not even surprised anymore. No, yeah, I see this all the time. Exactly what she just said: making unrealistic goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a. I had this one lady uh, came to me. She was trying to retire. In, in like two years, so we sat down. We went through the whole process, and I'm like, "So tell me, when you retire, where's your income coming from?" Right. Right. Because she was trying to retire early. Um, and a lot of people depend on, on social security when they get to that age, right? Absolutely. I sure will. So she was, <laughs> I think, 58 at the time, right? And I'm like, well, you're not eligible for social security yet. Yeah. You got to wait till 65? 60, 62. 62. Oh, okay. Is the earliest you can claim it. Yeah. Um, then there's something called a full retirement age, mm. which is when you're actually supposed to That's take social security. 67? It depends on your birthday. Oh, whoa. So, um, if you were born before a certain year, your full retirement age may be um, 65 and a half. 
but some people it goes up to 67. That's just Can ridiculous. you imagine? Yeah. And then 70. I work two more years. <laughs> you, you forcing me to work two more years? And then 70 is the latest you can take it. Oh, okay. So okay, after 70, say. they're not paying you no more? No, they're going to pay you, you but that's the. Oh. So if you take it at 62 yeah. and you're full retirement age 67, mm-hmm. for every year you take it early, they reduce your social security. Yeah, they give you less. By 8%. 8%? Every year, yeah. Yeah, wow. So, wow. If you. Supposed to take it at sixty seven, you take it at sixty two. Yeah, you're you're losing thirty to forty percent of your social security. Absolutely not. Right? I'll work a little bit more. If you, <laughs> let's say you're supposed to take years. it at sixty seven. That's why they say you have to work till you die. What the hell? What let's, is that? Let's say you take it at sixty seven. Well, you're supposed to take it at sixty seven. Yeah. But you take it at seventy. Yeah. They actually give you a benefit for taking it later. Okay. Wow. Right? They prefer you work till you die. Okay. So you take it at seventy, you're getting about thirty to forty percent more Boy. than what you were supposed to get. Okay, no, right? Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so, so people are usually um, unrealistic goals. Yes. So the lady okay, she so. wants to retire early. Yes. So, so we sat down, we went through all that. So I'm like, okay, where's your income coming from? And she's like, oh, Social Security. I was like, no, too young. Ooh, right. Nope. <laughs> Try again. Think again. <laughs> she's like, oh, well, my pension can, okay, well, you're under this age, so your pension's going to be reduced by this much. Ooh. So. You like, that's know. chilling. Like, I know what? she left your office a little sad, like, damn. Like, though. no way I got to work six more years. <laughs> but, no way. <laughs> but she's retiring next year, and, and she now she thanked me. She's like, honestly, if it wasn't for you, I would have been in, in a, because covid Mm-hmm. Yeah, COVID. Yeah. That's all I got to so say. She, she held on a couple more years thanks to COVID. Yeah, she had to. Yeah, that's great. I'm happy. So we she's had this meeting well. pre-COVID. Oh, right. So she so would have been screwed. I was in my third year probably when we had this meeting, mm. and now five years. She she wanted to retire when I was going to be in my fifth year. Wow. Right. So two years, and I told her no. You have to work at least another five to to get to Social Security and. The increase your pension. increase your pension. Oh my god! But now but she's retiring, what? looking at her pension. Right. Like, thank you. Right oh. now, oh exactly. <laughs> and so that's something that you do. Got you guys would have to understand that if you want a financial advisor, just know they're not here to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, they're really here to advise you on the best choice for you. You know, and we can go on Google, we can go on YouTube and watch all these videos, but these people aren't looking at your specific numbers. Yeah, they're not looking at your specific goals. Mm-hmm. So a financial advisor is literally helping you tailor your finances to you yeah yep. and your needs and your exactly life. so I, you know we always love you know youtube university and i don't knock it mm-hmm. but just know when you're watching a video they're giving general advice or advice financial, about them exactly your yeah. financial advisors looking at you seeing where you are where you want to be and what your finances what that bridge looks like to get there and let me correct what i said earlier i said you i said i messed it up mm-hmm. but i was like you be i said cfo but mm-hmm. you be the ceo and let me be your cfo Okay. There we go. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in your experience, what is the difference um, in behavior in people who struggle to keep money and those, you know, making the same income but still have to enjoy it? So, for example, you know, a lot of our generation are first-time financial leaders. Just, yeah, financial <laughs> leaders that are able to afford. I feel like for a lot of us, 90K and above. Yeah. That's something we didn't see when growing up with at our all. families. At all. So We're the first persons to do that in exactly. our families, actually. And so what is the difference you see between those people who are able to, like, 
Because, you know, some people, they make a lot of money, but you can't see it or they can't see it Mm -hmm. versus some people who they make a lot of money and they have something to show for it. What's the big difference you see? Their parents. Oh, Mm. shit. Wow. You get your financial habits from your parents. Some people break out of it. Oh, but that makes sense. You so when I when I first sit down with somebody and determine if I want them to be my client or not, I ask them. So like, tell me about your financial habits growing up. Like, what did you? Mm. Wow. So you be vetting them? Yeah. Wow. I don't take everybody on as a client. I don't. Wow. Oh wow. <laughs> I would have fell off. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's, I think I can refer you to one of my right. <laughs> I won't be able to help you. But no, it's it's legit. Their parents. Like, if you see your parents saving every dime yeah you're gonna save every dime that makes sense yeah that makes a lot if of sense if you see your parents on some i'm gonna run up my credit cards yep and worry about it later that's you run you up your credit do. cards yeah. and worry about it later like it's it's honestly your it's your parents that's where wow. the habits the habits come from unfortunately some of us break out of it because you know we have friends and people around us that are telling us right. different um but like like perfect example africans yep all they do is save Mm. Yep. All they do is save. They're a community of wealth. Yeah. They share the wealth within the community. Yeah. Susus. Susus, yeah. weddings, like everybody's contributing to something. Yeah. And they all grow up wealthy because everyone around them is succeeding. Yeah. And saving and helping the other person get to the next thing. You want to start a business? Let's do this. Yep. Chinese people. Yeah. They all pool their money. Right. Right. And start all these Chinese restaurants. You don't see the same workers every year no. because they're bringing people from China, getting them their, you know, Residences, citizenship, yeah. their visas. They go on to start a business and then they lend a hand to the next person. Each one teach one. So if somebody brought me here, I'm going to start my business and I'm going to bring somebody else in. Yeah. Damn, I'm feeling a little bad with my Chinese food. I just like, ate. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just learning habits from... Yeah the people around you but yeah. for the most part it's parents unfortunately wow that's yeah. really interesting i mean it really makes sense because you think about it i think for me i kind of use my you know my childhood as certain things of what not to do in certain aspects yeah, you grow like, out you know, of it mm-hmm. yeah it's it's i want to be the opposite and i think now we're in a better space financially as a family mm. but growing up i just just you just see the mistakes and it's not mistakes like they knew they were making a mistake yeah. but it's just like i kind of see what your the steps pitfalls. led to yeah yeah, yeah. The, it's in retrospect you look back on it and you're like wow this is this is what messed you up for this so right. now i know what not to right. do and the whole reason i got into finance when i was in high school my mom had to file bankruptcy oh wow yeah. so like i was like oh yeah i don't want to do this yeah <laughs> right i don't want to do this so when i went to college i i majored in health science unfortunately because she wanted me to be a doctor yeah um, it's the black struggle but when I, when I graduated i went i knew i wanted to do finance and that's what i got into yeah so that's great you know it's because i i didn't i saw these habits that my mom had running up the credit card yeah following bankruptcy now you got this mark on your credit for seven years like, right. But after the seven years, you Gucci. My mom's credit score is amazing now. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, the bankruptcy yeah. actually low-key helps because it it, it, it it kind of zeroes out the debt. You pay off the money, of course, to the bankruptcy lawyer and the whoever, but mm-hmm. it zeroes out your debt, and then for the seven years, you're just building yourself back up. Yep. Mm. But I don't recommend anybody file bankruptcy, but yeah. <laughs> what if they really, really need it? Hey, if it's, it's the last, that's the last, last resort. Last, 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 last resort. resort. Like, you about to, you know, be living on the streets. Yeah. Last resort. Mm. Yeah. No, because I, I always use 50 Cent as um, 
as an example because he I know it's a bad example. I mean, right. <laughs> but I he, he filed bankruptcy to get out of his crazy child support payments and stuff like that. And now all of his money's in trust. So it's like, yo, he actually came out on top. Listen, <laughs> but you see the thing with fifty though, we gotta remember fifty didn't necessarily need to worry about that in terms of like the actual money he still had it. So he was he didn't care about what his credit might look no, like. They seized your assets. They, they, they seized see stuff. They seized your assets, but he, I'm sure no, he, he had. Of course. That's, that's what I'm saying. When stuff sure not in your name, when, when, when a trust owns your company, that's that whoever owns the trust is whoever owns the trust. That's what, what I'm saying. But it's like the, the fact that he even did that, like it's low-key like, it should be a last resort for us regular people, but that was a loophole for him. Yeah, there's loopholes. That was a loophole <laughs> I'm a, So him. I'm going to go back to that question of what, like if, what's the biggest mistake? Mm-hmm. For people that have money, the biggest mistake is not having a trust. Mm. Set up a trust. Because mm. if anybody tries to sue you, come for you, for mm-hmm. your property, any of that, you don't own nothing. Yep. It's all in the trust. So what are you suing me for? Yep. That, that's great. I don't owe anything. Yeah. Look at me about to go home and set up a trust. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. But nothing in the trust. We're just setting it up. That's I it. I don't own anything. It's yeah. all in the trust. Like, you own this. Mm-hmm. You rent this. Trust. Yeah. I'm about to see guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm about to set up a trust. Mm-hmm. No, okay, that makes sense. You know what? It's it's really interesting because even in adulthood, a lot of how we was raised, how we were raised, mm-hmm. plays such a big part. You know, in something like finances. So essentially, the the root of the question was the differences between you know having it, keeping it, and losing it. I don't, I thought you were gonna say spending habits. Yeah. But it goes back to parents. I, I honestly, I see that because our parents they shape who we are. Yeah. Like everything we do, they're telling you what to do it. for twenty years of your yeah, life. Exactly. Like what? No, everything you get is from them until you start to figure out like who I you can do are. this by myself. Actually, I'm not gonna make these same mistakes my parents did. Right. I'm actually gonna, you know, open up this investment account. I'm gonna, you know, save my money and I'll be a miser for a little. I can live poor to get to where I want to for right. uh, for a little. Like. It's all based off of your parents. So for the listeners, you know, I think there's some time of reflection that could be had. You know, look at, you know, what your parents did. Mm-hmm. Is that something you want to keep? Do you like where they are now? You know, is, do you think certain actions they took, you know, wasn't necessarily the best action? This is your time to reflect to see where you want to be. Because essentially, if you're making the same um, moves your parents made, you're going to end up in a similar area. Yeah. Yep. So... That's all I have to say on that. <laughs> Drops mic. <laughs> <laughs> so where can the people find you? Um, hmm. The people can reach out to you to get Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, like, guys. Reach know, out to us. Just, he not taking everybody. For, like he said, he's very selective. Right. No, just, just for compliance reasons, I'm not going to put my information out there. Okay. But the people can reach out to you guys. Um, no yeah, problem. I'm very easy to find. Very easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any extra or final questions, Ash? Um, not that I can think of, but this has been great. I yeah. already have a bunch of different things I'm trying to start in my mind now, starting with the protection plan and because I know I can't afford no financial advisor right now. <laughs> but if I do find a holistic one, maybe they can help me out with just specific things like setting up my trust. Yeah. I hope you guys definitely took notes because he dropped gems right. this episode. And I just want to say thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank we you really appreciate me, it. To be yeah, of course. We needed it. We needed it. The listeners needed it. Yeah, I it know was... this is something that everybody could fuck with because we all have these 
questions about money, but nobody. We literally have nobody to ask. To right. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sick of Google. I'm so sick of Google. Google sick Google. of us. Google is. Google is just us. like, so she don't got no parents. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm sorry, Google. This poor I'm little tired. black girl. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm tired. I'm sending me to Turbo Taxes if that's the answer. Yo, like, like how all, like, to buy a home. Like, <laughs> like, that was me two months ago. Literally. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know everything. I I know what I know. Yeah. Again, right. it's like do you you go to a doctor, right? You, if you have a broken arm or your heart hurts, you go into a specialist. Exactly. I specialize in finance. That's the amazing. home buying process was completely new to me. That's amazing. Completely new to me. Well, you heard him. If you guys want to have any more questions or just want to get his information, mm-hmm. reach out to us personally and we can help link you guys. Yeah, send us an email, write a review, comment. We'll look at it and then we'll get it back to him. Right, guys. As always, like, comment, subscribe, and we shall see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.